Good morning, Hope Point Church. What are you laughing at? I don't know what you're laughing at. I've been gone a few weeks, and all of a sudden, you know, a prophet is without honor in his hometown. That's the deal. Man, it's so good to see you and be in God's house with you. Come on. Can we give it up for Jesus today? He's the whole reason we're here. He's the reason we're here. That was a lousy master's version golf clap. Come on, can we give it up for Jesus today? In him we have abundant and eternal life. If you're joining us for the first time today, welcome to Hope Point. It's an amazing, amazing experience to be with you and to be in God's house together. If you're joining us online, welcome. Man, uh, what amazing things. How about that God story? Isn't that incredible? I don't, I don't know that I've met Connie, but that was absolutely phenomenal. And um, man, God is so good. I want to thank our praise and worship team. Didn't they do an awesome job? This, this lady back here, Miss Sutton, she can play the, the keys off that piano. I mean, she's phenomenal. Good grief, girl. Thank you. The anointing on that. Um, I'm just going to let you play the whole time I, uh, I preach. I sound more spiritual with a piano on. I'm just playing. Can we, can we go to God today? Let's just ask him to bless what we're in. Father God, today, I just thank you for each and every life here. Father, I'm sure some people maybe struggled to get here. I'm sure some people uh, got a lot going on in their life that, that, that only you know about. But today, God, I'm thankful that you never leave us, you never forsake us. And when we're here, we're winning because we're in your house. And all of the answers that we need are found in you. So today, Father, whether people are online in their living room, whether they're right here in this place, I feel an anointing that breaks the yoke here today. I feel an anointing that brings freedom today. I feel an anointing that brings salvation and grace today. And Father, we just honor you. We thank you for what you're going to do in this house. And we give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, uh, I just felt today like um, God was speaking to me in the chair there, and I, I don't have words like this, but I felt like the Lord was just saying, "There's, uh, is there any business owners in this house today? Maybe you own a business or you're, okay. So I just really felt like God was uh, saying to whoever's here that he's going to open up doors of opportunity that you didn't see coming, and they're not based on uh, market circumstances or anything like that, but um, he, he's trying to prepare you now now to be faithful to him for the blessing that you will receive, okay? So God, I just pray that, Lord, we would be able to be faithful to you, not just in hard times, but in great ones. Father, let us not be like the children of Israel who went into the promised land and forgot you. But Father, when we inherit blessing, we pray, God, that we would remember our God and where it all came from to begin with. In Jesus' name. All God's people said. Amen. Look at your neighbor, say you look good. Look at your other neighbor, say you look, you, you look good too. I, didn't, I, I stuttered on purpose. So uh, thank you to Pastor Amy. She crushed it last week, I heard, yeah. I came today and I filled out a guest card because it's been a few weeks since I've been in, God's, in, in this house. But uh, 
I want to be accountable. A couple of weeks ago, we went to Pastor Fred Wyatt's church, Speaking Spirit, and God tore that place up. We had a great time there. Um, and then last week, we were at a friend's church in Mexico. They did six services. I did four of them. My good friend uh, and accountability partner traveled with me, Pastor, uh, well, uh, Daniel Andre, rather. He did two services, and I did four. I told him, I want to prepare for next week. I'm going to do four. And uh, by God's grace, it was fun. We had a blast, and a bunch of people came to know Jesus. Um, we were... Uh, uh, we had a great time. So um, I'm wearing this because I heard I got made fun of. <laughs> and I just want you to know that some of the most manly men I know want one of these, right? Actually, my, my case broke. My case broke. And our security team, our team that helps me every week, um, was like, hey, you know, you got this broken case. And so I said, all right, I'm going to get something that you can just grab and go. So I got my, uh, my man bag, my Merce, my, uh, my matchel, my man satchel, um, little fanny pack action. And um, when I was on missions in Mexico last week, um, God did incredible things. Uh, we had a great time building relationships, ministering, scouting out potential opportunities with which we could partner. There's orphanage and schools and um, just saw the country, beautiful country, beautiful people. Um, I was not in the places that you would go, um, you know, on the Yucatan or on the west coast of Cabo. I was in kind of the middle uh, where it, it, it gets a little funky. Um, but uh, before we landed, um, we were flying from Charlotte to Mexico City. And Mexico City is like 33 million people. There are more people in Mexico City than there are in Australia or Canada, which is just amazing. Um, but, but as we landed, uh, a stewardess started talking to me and Daniel. And um, she, she, uh, she had an accent. So I said, oh, you from Mexico? She said, uh, no, I live in Charlotte. She said, um, I'm Colombian. She said, I don't go to Mexico. I fly in and I fly right back out. And I said, oh, that's kind of odd. You know why? And uh, talking about Mexico City. And she said, listen, um, uh, have you registered your, your trip with the State Department? And I was like, well, no, uh, why? She said, well, that way they can track you and extract you if they need to. And I'm like, what? So I'm like on the phone, like, I can't get Wi-Fi, I can't get Wi-Fi, you know, try on the plane, trying to, trying to, trying to, and, and I found that there's a pretty significant uh, safety threat. Uh, I, we always felt safe, um, and, and our team did a great job protecting us, but in certain places, um, it can be a little dangerous. And so um, I brought this with me. And um, this, uh, Daniel and I had some, had some really, really important things um, that you just don't leave in wherever you're staying. You take them with you. And so, um, you know, I've been in places in the Middle East and Southeast Asia and Africa that, you know, you, you don't have connections. And, you know, I don't know, maybe if you died, they wouldn't find your body. Manuel's taking me to some of them. And um, my dad's been to more than, than, than he can count. But I, I felt pretty safe. But, but I thought, well, let me use caution here. And I'll take things with me that I need. And today, I want to talk to you about what's better in than out. What's better in than out. Because everywhere we went, uh, this, this man bag, and, and I feel like it's more manly because it's made out of leather, so that helps. But um, I considered it, uh, you know, it went everywhere with me. Everywhere with me. It was literally strapped to me just like this. 
And, and the beauty of this is, uh, you know, if I open it up, you know, I, I, got, I got my hand sandy in here, you know, um, which is necessary. I got my, my credit cards. We always had credit cards with us, you know. I had my phone because that's a pretty big deal. Um, I get uh, motion sick in a car, so Dramamine's important for me, like especially in some roads in Mexico. Um, had some cash, which was great. And most importantly, and this was the thing, and I kept Daniels with me as well, this bad boy. You can't lose this one. This one's important. And in, in all the things, this one actually we were most concerned about. So I kept him in here, and um, no matter where we went, uh, and, and, and I had a, um, an airline card, you know, a credit, airline credit card, because, you know, you get points and things like that, you know, if you pay for your bags and all that stuff. And, and what was interesting is this thing has like eight compartments. And, and um, I had put my airline credit card in one of the compartments. And about halfway through the trip, I said, Daniel, I can't find my credit card. And he started flipping out, you know. Uh, Daniel's from Zimbabwe, Africa, you know. So, so he's always worried about everything moving around and, and, and disappearing. And so, um, so, so, so I said, I can't find it, bro. I don't know where it is. And we started flipping out a little bit. And, and then... Um, I said, you know, let me check. And I found it in a compartment within a compartment. And, and, and I thought, man, I hid it from myself, you know. And uh, I, I lost airline points, and I, and I hate losing airline points. Got to use, use a different card. Why am I telling you about this bag? It's not just because Amy made fun of me. Some things are so well hidden and so infrequently used that you don't even access them when you need them and you miss out on the benefit they provide. Okay? It's good, right? Okay, I'm gonna keep going. That's just setting the table. This thing, it carried things that we considered the most valuable. Like I left everything else in the, in the hotel room. Left everything else in the, wherever we were staying. I, I, you know, clothes, other things, you know, whatever. Uh, not that big of a deal. Um, snacks, you know, whatever it might be. But this carried the most valuable things that would limit my access back home, or at least for a time, or inhibit the mission that we were on if they were stolen. So I always kept them in the man bag, and that always was strapped to my shoulders, which means... Again, there are some things that are so valuable, hear me, that if they're lost or stolen, will keep you stuck in a place that God didn't call you to stay in and limit your ability to fulfill the mission that he called you to in the first place. Two, I'm going to give you another one, free of charge. I remember we were going to a particularly crowded and rowdy place uh, one night, and so I took this along with me. Daniel said, hey, will you hold my passport? I said, absolutely. Um, I didn't want to carry this on the outside because I felt like in such a crowded place it would be a little bit easier to get off, so I wore a jacket over it. So this was on me, and then I had a jacket over it. And I, 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 I thought it would make uh, it significantly more difficult to get our stuff if the bag was on the inside, right? The bag was on the inside. So, so let me, let me have you hear that again. When the valuable stuff is on the inside, it's a lot harder to get to. When the valuable stuff is on the inside, it's a lot harder 
to get to. I want you to hear that. Um, now, I said my bag was leather. Um, I want you to hear that again, too. Leather is obtained when an animal dies. So, blood was shed so that I could carry the most valuable things. Okay. So, here's the problem with the man bag. Despite my best efforts, it has a fundamental flaw. It's still on the outside. It can be stolen. The best place to put the most valuable things is on the inside. So let me, let's, let's share some scriptures about this for a minute. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says this. Do you know, not know that your body, everybody say body, body. is the temple, say temple with me, of the Holy Spirit who is inside of you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own as a Christian. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Jesus in John 14 and 16 articulates this point really well. He basically says the God in you is better than the God with you. Jesus, he said, I was with you, but the Holy Spirit is in you. In fact, he says, it's better that I go. I was with you. The Holy Spirit will be in you. Jesus limited by, because of a body, a physical time and space. But the Holy Spirit is not. He can be with all of us at the same time everywhere. Right. Are you following me? Okay, so, so Jesus says in, in John 16, 6, he says, because I've said these things, meaning I'm leaving, I'm going to die, I'm going to rise from the dead, going to heaven, you're filled with grief. But I tell you, it's for your own good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. In John 14, he says, and I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Are you hearing me? What's on the inside is what's most important. Hear me. It's what's most significant. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. So the same power that raised Christ from the dead is on the inside of you. Three of you realize that and want to tap into it. That's what I got? I've been gone too long. I said, come on, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is on the inside of you. Part of the problem with power is it's no good unless you access it. So you got to know how to access it. I can stare at my phone all day long and go, man, my battery's dying and have a plug right there. But if I don't access it, it doesn't do me any good. I've got it. It's with me, but it isn't doing any good. So accessing it is important. What's on the inside? Jesus said it this way in Matthew 23, 23 through 28. He says, this is like the seven woes. This is where he's talking to the Pharisees, the religious people, the hypocrites. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Man, Jesus calling him out. He says, you give a tenth of your spices, a tithe of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. 
you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain at a gnat, but swallow a camel. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but the inside are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. Now, he's talking to religious people, not to sinners. I don't think he ever talked to the prostitute that harshly. He's like, girl, you know who you are. You know what you're doing. I don't got to explain it to you. It's people that act in, you know. You got it. Mm, yeah, okay. First, I'm going to let that go. Let first, first clean the outside, the inside of the dish. Then the outside will be clean as well. So what's on the inside is what? More important than what's on the outside. There you go. He keeps going on. He says, hey, you know, you're whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of dead men's bone and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to, to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Some observations from the text with Jesus. What's on the inside is more important than what's on the outside appearance. The Bible says man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So now I'm going to get into this law. And this is a spiritual principle. It never changes. It will always remain until Jesus returns. The law of the foundation. In the parable of Jesus regarding the wise man who built his house on the rock and the, wise and the foolish man who built his house on the sand, there's the law of the foundation. What does the law of the foundation say? If you don't know this law, Christianity will never make sense to you. It's this. The law of the foundation says that the structure is only as good as what it's built upon. The structure is only as good on the foundation upon which it is built. The foundation is typically hidden. It goes largely unseen, yet it bears the weight and everything else is built upon it. Put another way, what's on the inside of the ground is more important than what's on the outside of it. We don't see it that way because we only benefit from the foundation, but we never interact with it. So, for instance, let's give you an example of this. Uh, when's the last time you looked at a house and said, check out the foundation on that thing? <laughs> Solid, tight corners, built well. No. No. Most people don't even walk around the house. They go right in it. Right? Think about it. During the housing rush of the last three years, people were foregoing because of the comp competition they were foregoing uh you know appraise assessments all the things inspections oh don't even worry about the foundation but that carpet that gotta go or it's no deal are you hearing me are, are you hearing what i'm saying people were buying homes that will take them a long time to pay off. <laughs> and they didn't even look at the foundation. They said, eh, it's probably good. But that carpet, we're going to change that. Are you with me today? The law of the foundation is really, really important. You know why? Because we like the look of the house, but God is more concerned about the longevity of the house. I'm just letting that. Yeah, right? Why? 
You never see the foundation. You only see the effects of it during difficult times. Hear me. Difficult times reveal the quality of the foundation. From the outside, the two houses that Jesus talked about looked identical. There was no difference above the ground. What made one builder wise and one foolish? Oh, when adversity, when trials, when testing came, the difference is revealed. One was built on a rock. The other was built on the sand. They both had nice carpet. They both had crown molding. They both had that shower that you wanted in that old bathtub that now is somehow new again. It had all of it. The only difference was one never made it and the other did because of what it was built upon. You never saw the foundation, but as soon as a storm came up, you benefited from the effects of it. Are you with me today? The law of the foundation tells us that what's on the inside is way more important than what's on the outside. And if the gospel is on the inside... Now, now hear me. The outside is still important. For example, Jesus says... What does he say about tithing? He says you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Some people get it twisted. They're like, well, that's not the most important thing. No, but it's an important thing. So, so hear me. Jesus knows that it's on the inside. If it's on the inside, then it will out. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If God has your heart, then he's got your treasure. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flows the wellspring of of life. Jesus knows if it's in here, it's coming out. You can't hide it. Eventually it will come. So when the inside is clean, then the outside will be clean as well. Now, now there's this other concept about that, that, that I say it's better in than out. It's better in than out. We've all heard that phrase, better out than in. Usually it refers to some kind of unflattering and embarrassing gas buildup that we've had, right? But listen, what's really better out than, uh, what's really better out than in though? Well, let's look. Foreign objects that can choke you. Hazards, things like that for sure. Sin that can corrupt and condemn you. Listen, I love, I love this psalm because it's David. Now David's a man after God's own heart, but he committed murder and he committed adultery. So if there's hope for David, there's hope for all of us. Amen. That's kind of what I say, right? So, no, seriously, no matter how bad it is, I think God included some of these people to let us know that if he can get glory out of their lives, he certainly can get glory out of ours. Amen. You know, so a lot of people struggle with things that are embarrassing, they don't want to talk about, whether it's addiction or other things, but, but the reality is, is that Jesus included Moses, Paul, and David. And they were all some of the heavy hitters of the gospel, yet they all have major problems. So if, if you got problems today, you're in good company. You're in the right place. And by the way, if you have problems today, you're breathing because we all got them. So, so let's look. Um, here's what he writes in Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and in whose spirit is no deceit. Do we have that? We can put that up. Um, 
when I kept silent, listen, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away though my gro- through my groaning all day long. Hear me. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Selah means stop and think. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And listen, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Selah. Think about that. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. Come on. Are you hearing me today? That David's saying, listen, when I kept it on the inside, it corrupted me. It ate away my bones. I felt like all my strength was gone. But thanks be to God that he is a forgiving and gracious God. There's nothing that I can't bring to him. There's nothing that I can't confess. And confession is actually what releases repentance and and forgiveness in my life. Isn't it interesting that I find as a pastor that when people come to church, they're afraid to talk about the wrong stuff. The church has deceived people. Because uh, if you keep it on the inside, that's what kills you. Let it go. Didn't Elsa say that? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. If you let it go, if you confess it, right? That's what releases what? He said, I was forgiven. And then he says, call on God while while he can be found. There will come a day when none of us can call on him. Thanks be to God that if you're breathing today, you got an opportunity to call on him for salvation, for forgiveness, for redemption, for help in a time of need, all of those things. So David's going, hey, call on him while he may be found. I would rather have him surprise me now than get surprised later. You know what I'm saying? Because heaven and hell are real. They exist. And Jesus came so that we would spend eternity with him. Okay. I'm going I'm to stop that. So let me take this off for a minute so you can take me seriously. Um, poison is something else that's better out than in. And, and I have some Drano here. Um, on the back, it says, if ingested, induce vomiting. Right? Why? Because the makers know that it's better out than in. Are you following me? Here's the problem. The more time, the more the absorption rate in the body. The more time I I don't get it out, the more time it stays in me, the more absorption rate it has in my body, the harder it is to deal with. Right? The longer it stays in, the harder it is to deal with. Oh, that'll preach. Okay. Some of us have sat with poison in our lives for so long. Wrong thinking. Bitterness, unforgiveness, sin, unconfessed sin, evil desires, addiction, substance abuse, etc. That we have a harder time dealing with it because of the absorption rate in our soul. It's tainted the cells of our soul. That's why it says induce vomiting. Get it out quick. Don't let it spread. They know the product will do less harm outside of the body than on the inside. Now, Drano works wonders on clogs. You know how I know? 
because we had a major backup in our shower. I mean major. Um, I turned on the water and I, like it started coming out and I'm like, what the heck? I feel like we, we haven't even been in this house that long. And, and, and I mean major stuff. Stuff was coming out of the drain that, well, it looked like a Yeti had showered in our bathroom. And I don't even know where that comes from. And, and to be honest with you, I had to go buy a special claw to start yanking stuff out. I got so much stuff out of that drain I don't even know. I, listen, for the sake of your lunch, I'm not going to describe all of it to you. But just know it was a ton of stuff and it still was clogged, but I couldn't reach it. So Amy's like, just, just go get some Drano. Just let it go. So I did. And I poured it in. And guess what? Nothing. So I'm like, man, we have to call a plumber. When there's road rooter people, we have to do this, we have to do that. So I said, let me try it one more time. Tried it one more time. Reapplied it. Guess what? It worked. That massive clog went right down. We we're back in business. Could use the shower, cleanliness, next to godliness. So wonderful, okay? God's word can do that in your life. Sometimes you just got to reapply before you get a clog out. That's one thing. But, but, but here's, here's the thing. God's word cleans your life. You don't drink this stuff. You don't put poison in. And that might sound crazy. Why? Because Drano isn't built for every clog. It's only made for certain kind of pipes. Hear me. It ain't made for your pipes. It's poison if you use it. So this is what I want to say. And I know it sounds crazy. I feel like this is a method. A lot of times we take a solution that the world offers to try and fix a spiritual problem. Nobody in their right mind drinks this garbage. You pour it down your drain. But I think a lot of times Christians go... Maybe that works. Why not try it? Now I'm, now I'm sicker than I was before I had the problem. Can I just tell you, spiritual problems are dealt with by having spiritual solutions. So many times we take poison from the world to try and fix a problem going on inside of us. Well, maybe that'll work. Maybe I can medicate with that. Maybe I can do that. Maybe I can reach for that. No, 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 no. You're going to be worse off than when you started. What's on the inside is really, really, really important to God. And some things should never be on the inside. So what's better in that out? Number one, the word of God. Psalm 119. Can we put that up? 9 through 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart. There it is, hidden what's below that I might not sin against you let's look at the observations from this text purity comes from living according to the word of God it doesn't come from knowing the word of God it doesn't come from understanding the word of God it doesn't come from hearing the word of God it doesn't come from being around the word of God it comes from doing the word of God applying the word of God living in obedience to the word of God purity is found in the application not just in the assimilation are you following me? I can know something, but I've never really learned it. A lot of time, Western thought prizes what I know, but not what I really know. Not the application. So, so we see from this text that purity is found in the application. A lot of principles you know, but have never received the power from scripturally because we don't really practice them. 
They're kind of like the credit card. We've got them somewhere, but we forgot where we put them and we're not going to get any benefit from them. Are you with me? See, seeking, it says, I seek you with all my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands. Seeking keeps me from straying. Commitment counteracts complacency. Dedication dominates distraction. So the author of this psalm knows that he has a natural tendency to get lost. It's just natural to stray from the word of God. I remember shopping with my dad at Costco when I was a kid. My dad had a natural tendency to fill up whatever size cart he had. Whether we needed it or not. If it, if it, it was like the cart was a vacuum. It required to be filled. So it doesn't matter what it was. You need 480 candy bars? Sure, why not? Who doesn't need that? Five, five gallons of olive oil? We could use it. Are you hearing me? It's a natural tendency. We have a natural tendency to get lost. We have a natural tendency to stray away from the word of God. It's just in us. It's, it's, it's part of that sin nature. So when I seek, it counteracts straying. When I just have a determination, when I'm just in it, when I'm in it to win it. And a lot of times, Isaiah, Hosea said this. He said, God told his people that I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. He said, when I fed you, you were satisfied. When you were satisfied, you became proud. When you became proud, you forgot me. Right? Are you with me? So God's provision in our lives can lead to a satisfaction in our spirit. A satisfaction in my spirit can cause pride because I take for granted what I've been given in the first place. And then I can get used to what's been provided and I'll acclimate to a new reality, a new set of circumstances. And that pride causes me to forget the one who gave it to me in the first place. So I start seeking the provision instead of the provider. I'm just trying to get it all out. I haven't seen you in a few weeks, right? right? So in the parable of the sower, what does Jesus do? He talks about seed falling on four different kinds of soil. And he says at least 75% of that seed never produces anything. Because it's not the right soil. You have to understand that it's natural to gravitate to something that isn't God. So the author says, I seek you with all my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands. And here's the deal. I've hidden your word in my heart that I won't sin against you. So let's look. The word has to be hidden, not forgotten. A lot of times we forget things that we hide. I'll give you a great example of this. I'm, I'm a homeowner. I pay a mortgage and I've got two teenagers in my house. A boy and a girl. And, and, and Bella has always loved candy. Out, out, out. Just sweets of any kind. Colin is a closet sugarholic. <laughs> he stays up in his room. I think he lives with us. I'm not sure. But, but I don't see him a whole lot. But, but I, even this week, I came home from Mexico with a huge bag of chocolate. It was amazing. I love it. It was mine. 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 It traveled 5,000 miles with me. Round trip. 5,000. I go down the other day and I see the bag there and I go to open it and it's light as a feather. 
You know why it's light as a feather? Because my son has snuck down in the middle of the night whilst we're all asleep and eaten, pillaged his father's chocolate. He didn't travel with me. He didn't do no work. But he just ate it all. And that guy, I love him to death, but I'm thinking about kicking him out. He didn't have the decency or the dignity, and this is a big pet peeve of mine, it makes me homicidal, to even throw the trash away. I had to throw the trash of my own chocolate that had been eaten away. You know you did it, son. You know it. So Amy and I resorted in our own home, prisoners in our own home, to buying things we like and hiding them from our children. And we have literally gone years and found stuff that we had bought and go, I wonder if that's still good. I like that. You know why? Because sometimes when you hide things, you forget that you have them. The Bible says, I've hidden your word in my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands. It's not good enough to hide it. You can't forget it. Too many Christians learned some hard lessons and principles that are applicable and forgot what they learned. Are you with me? Hidden means I treasure it, I value it. I'm hiding it so as to protect it. It's all about the location. Hide it in your heart. Out of the wellspring of your life. I'm telling you right now, almost every problem you'll ever encounter will deal with that. This right here, your heart. If you can give God your heart, you will never, ever, ever lose. Every problem I've ever dealt with, with every couple, every family, every marriage, every financial issue, it all came back to that. At the end of the day, didn't matter what it was, layers and layers of years of years of bad, whatever, didn't matter. All came back to that. Guard your heart for out of it flows the wellspring of life. Jesus knew that, which is why he said, when they asked, what are the two greatest commandments? He didn't say obey and do and do, no. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, so mind and strength. And oh, by the way, love people, cross values. Love people as yourself. These two things, all 623 laws in the Hebrew text, hinge on those two things. Everything else boils down to that right there. That right there. So if I can trust God with my pain, I give him my heart. If I can trust God with the wrongs that have been done to me, I, he's got my heart. Of course I can. That's why I can forget. If I can trust God with my heart, then I can trust him with my future, which means I can trust him with my finances. I can trust God with my children. Why? Because he, he has my heart. Out of it flows all the issues of life. That one thing right there. This was a one-off. But I want you to know that God cares about what's on the inside. Because what's on the inside will affect all the things on the outside.
Would you bow your heads with me today? Our prayer team's gonna come. We always wanna be able to pray for you. Always wanna be able to minister to you. But I just wanna make a call if you're online or if you're in these seats. Um, I really felt like that scripture, call on the name of the Lord while he may be found. There's people struggling with some sin in this place. There's people struggling with some things in this place. God does not get intimidated by sin. He conquered it. If you're in this place today and you just say, Jesus, I need you. I'm tired of doing it my own way. I want to know what abundant and eternal life looks like. I want to know what what eternal purpose looks like. I know that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of grace. I know that there's a hell. I know that there's a heaven. They're real places. And you never want me to spend eternity separated from you. So Jesus is the answer. He's the only answer. If that's you today, I want you to say this prayer with me. Our whole church is going to. At the end of it, I'm asking you to raise your hand. It's important that you acknowledge your decision. I'm going to celebrate with you. And we're going to have a big party. Because that will be the start of a relationship between you and God. Would you say this prayer with me? Let's call on the name of the Lord while he may be found. Say, dear God, forgive me of my sin. I turn from it. And I turn to you. I have no answer for it. But I know you do. So I give you my life today, Jesus. I make you my Lord and Savior. I commit to follow you. I know you paid a price I couldn't when you went to the cross. I know that you conquered death and hell so I could have abundant and eternal life. I accept your grace today. Promise to serve you all my days. And I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Say that prayer your minute in your heart right now. Don't wait and don't hesitate. Just pop that hand up so I can see you and celebrate with you. That's the best, absolute best decision that you can make. Come on. Come on. Yes, yes, yes. Let's thank everybody that's doing that today. If you're online, hit that button. We'll get with you.